a big round of applause. We're going to give our mothers, wherever your mother might be, my mother's in Alabama, so we're going to give them, blow them a big kiss. Are you ready? Everybody, everybody ready? I don't see everybody ready. Okay, here we go. Ready? Everybody say, we love you, moms. So I, I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm Stacy Fry. I am Pastor Derek's wife, and it is my privilege to be able to speak to you on such a special day where we are honoring such special people, our moms. So um, today's message is not going to make you cry like, you know, maybe the last couple of weeks. Some of the moms are like, whew, this is a happy day. Um, but, and it's not going to be totally intense, but I will tell you this. I am, I do want to challenge you and make you think a little bit and maybe even um, encourage you to make some changes in your life. So um, as you saw, we're in our At The Movies, at the movies theor- series. Oh, my goodness. And, um, but we, what we believe is that Jesus, if he was living today, he would use modern-day stories and to teach a lesson, just like he did in the Bible times. He used what was relevant in those days to teach a lesson. And so that's what we're doing with our At The Movies series. And um, that's, we're using today's movies... Today's biggest movie right now is the Disney blockbuster hit, Frozen. So there are times when I want to bust out in song, but my microphone's on, so I will not do that. But you're, um, you can sing along. Um, so I want to tell you that today's movie, in, in the movie Frozen, you're going to see two characters. And I want to tell you this too, a little disclaimer, is that we don't believe in everything that, you know, we don't believe in the Disney magic and we don't believe in some of the things, we're not condoning everything that happens in these movies. So don't go there. Just, just go with the movie. Okay. Just go with us. And, um, but I do want to tell you that there's two characters in the movie that you might relate more to one. And some of you would relate more to the other one. And when I was figuring out, when I was thinking about this, um, this movie today and the different points, there's so many different points that you can get out of this movie. But um, I started thinking, uh, we're going to be talking about isolation today and how it impacts everyone and everything around you. And so I started thinking, I was like, well, you know what, this is not really, this is really not a struggle that I have, you know, and I'm, I'm telling the Lord this. I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to share it with these people? And, um, and the Lord reminded me of different seasons in my life where I did relate more to the one of the sisters that is very isolated because I had built walls up and I felt like, oh, it's easier to just isolate myself or live alone and not have to deal with people. How I many you know dealing with people? Sometimes it's a little stressful, a little tiring. Um, holla at Jabala. So we are going to talk today about isolation. So the truth is, is that this subject affects all of us. It doesn't matter what kind of personality you have. Some of us might be more introverted, some of them more, more extroverted. But even if you say that, you know, well, it's just, that's just my personality. I, I want that to be taken out of your vocabulary today in, during this message so that you can think of, I want you to think duly on this um, while you're watching this, is to see what can I do to get better in this area? And then also, how can I help reach out to somebody else that may struggle with this area? Okay, so twofold. Everybody promise me you're going to think that way? And you're not going to think, well, that's just my personality. I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm an, ex- I'm an introvert. I don't want people around me. I'm going to reveal to you today that that's not a good idea. Okay, so um, two sisters. We're going to see the first clip in just a second. But this is about two sisters who grew apart um, due to certain circumstances. And one let her heart become frozen while the other sister just wanted to let everybody in. And you'll, you'll be able to tell which one I probably more relate to in these, um, in these clips. But both of these sisters got into, into some trouble with some of their thinking. So one is a total extrovert, 
and the other one was forced into isolation. So let's see why. getting out of hand. It was an accident. I'm sorry, Anna. She's ice cold. I know where we have to go. Born with the powers or cursed? Uh, born, and they're getting stronger. You are lucky it wasn't her heart. The heart is not so easily changed. But the head can be persuaded. Do what you must. The heart is not so easily changed, but the head can be persuaded. We're going to talk about how isolation can be detrimental to our heart and our head. And it's all about relationships because relationships are so important in our growth and development of people, as people. And to have a healthy relationship with God, you have to have a healthy relationship with other people. Um, the health and maturity of your relationship with others is directly connected to the health and maturity of your relationship with God. And I know there might be some people that would say, well, me and God, and that's all I need. 
But that's not, it's not right. It's not good. And I can tell you that those people that would say that, they've got some issues that they need to work on, but they don't have anybody to help them through and to tell them, hello, don't do that. Don't say that, you know, or, or you need to work on this. So um, we need to know that our main purpose in life is to be able to share the love of Jesus Christ to other people. That's what God created us for. So if we are supposed to do that and share with other people, then we have to have other people in our lives. We have to let people in. And most importantly, we have to let friends in to help us, um, to, to be able to point out those things where we need to grow. So I don't want you to dismiss the, the relevance of this, this message because of your personality type saying, you know, well, I'm more of, you know, this is easy for me. Oh, this is good. I can, you know, some might be going, oh, this is good. I can sit back and relax because I'm good at this. I let people in all the time. Or, but I want you to, I want you to, like I said, I want you to be thinking, how can I get better at this? What's the next level I can go to? And so our key principle today is that to be a friend of God, you have to be a friend of people. And we're going to reveal that throughout our whole message today. But we can't isolate ourselves from other people, even though everything in our human nature says to protect yourself or don't let people in. But you're only harming yourself, and I want to show you how. We're going to talk about three issues today of isolation and what it causes. And this clip will show you, show you the first one, but let me set it up for you. So the, the two sisters um, are grown now, and they've been separated from each other due to the different circumstances there. Um, and they're having a coronation party for Elsa to be crowned queen. And Anna has just met a guy, like just met a guy at this party. So you can roll the clip. Yeah. Pardon? Oh, sorry. Can we just get around you there? Thank you. Oh, there she is. Elsa! I mean, queen. Me again. Um, may I present Prince Hans of the Southern Isles? Your Majesty. <laughs> We, we would like uh, your blessing <laughs> of, our <laughs> of our marriage. Marriage? Yes. I'm sorry, I'm confused. Well, we haven't worked out all the details ourselves. We'll need a few days to plan the ceremony. Of course, we'll have soup, roast, and ice cream, and then... <gasps> Wait, would we live here? Here? Absolutely. Anna. Oh, we can invite all 12 of your brothers what? to stay no. with us. No, no, no. Of no. course we have the Just room. I don't wait. know some of them Wait, slow must down. No one's brothers are staying here. No one is getting married. Wait, what? May I talk to you, please? Alone? No. Whatever you have to say, you, you can say to both of us. Fine. You can't marry a man you just met. You can if it's true love. Anna, what do you know about true love? Well, more than you. All you know is how to shut people out. You asked for my blessing, but my answer is no. Now, Excuse me. Your Majesty, if I may ease no, your... No, you may not, and I, I think you should go. The party is over. Close the gates. Yes, Your Majesty. Elsa, no, no, wait. Give me my glove. Elsa, please, please. I can't live like this anymore. Then leave. What did I ever do to you? Enough, Anna. No, why? Why do you shut me out? Why, why do you shut the world out? What are you so afraid of? I said enough! Sorcery. I knew there was something dubious going on here. Elsa.
So you can see that her greatest fear had been exposed, that she was exposed. And sometimes we're afraid that people will find out the real me. They'll find out my fears and my failures and my flaws. And, you know, that's my biggest fear. I can't have that. But isolation freezes you in fear. And that's your, in your notes, point number one. And as, as the Dr. Kroll grandpappy said that fear will be the enemy. Fear of being hurt, being exposed, of people letting know the real you. And I venture to say that if we don't let the real us be seen by at least a couple of people or let the kinks in our armor show, then we're not living as God intended us to live. We were created for relationships, and we can't do life alone. I, just, just the Godhead himself, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, shows us that we should have at least two other people that knows everything that's going on. Okay, so we're human and we have flaws, but we have to let people in to be able to help us and round us out, as we're going to see in a little bit. Um, but isolation is the antithesis of how God designed us. So in the movie clip, you saw that um, when, when the glove came off, that was representative of her being exposed. That was her greatest fear because isolation had frozen her in fear. In the next clip, we're going to see how isolation can cause us to suppress our feelings and conceal who we are. Don't let anyone see the real me. Because, you know, when we're isolated, we start thinking, yeah, this is the best thing for me. And I can be me. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. But when in reality, we're only deceiving ourselves. So check out the next clip. And it looks like I'm the queen You can sing if you like The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried Don't let them in, don't let them see Be the good girl you always have to be Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know Well now they know Let it go, let it go Can't hold you back anymore Let it go, let it go
I should have had a choir behind me singing this. But you can see, that was a secret she was living with her whole life. Isolation causes you to conceal your emotions and to live with secrets. Number two, it makes you secretive. And let me just tell you, secrets are the enemy's playground. Ephesians, I don't think this is in your note, but write it in your notes. Ephesians 5, 11 through 13 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, which you could say isolation is darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful to even think, shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Being secretive is the exact opposite of what God wants us to be. Um, when, when we have secrets exposed, you know, there's always a, um, it brings things to light. And our, our light is supposed to be, we're supposed to be a light in this dark world. And our light can help other people expose, have, feel safety in exposing their secrets and exposing their fears. And so, um, you know, when we, there's always a level of relief almost when the secrets are exposed. And that's supposed to happen. I mean, you could see at first, um, which are, we're going to get into a, a, with point number three, but um, in a second with Elsa. But you could see that there was a relief that she was like, they finally know, you know, I'm going to let it go. And um, she, she was able to have that relief. But in this movie, it didn't happen intentionally. Her secret was exposed on accident. And so there was a level of isolation and, and working out that she had to do based on uh, after that because it wasn't, she didn't expose it on purpose. It's good when you, you have a level of relief when you do it on purpose and when you tell somebody about it and that's what's supposed to happen. But she didn't have that, um, that luxury. So we have to have, we have to be able to see when we can expose things, when we can expose our secrets in a safe environment. And Elsa was conditioned by her parents and circumstances to maintain these secrets and of concealing these emotions and not letting anybody in, limit contact, but it only ended up hurting her and those closest to her. Sometimes our life script that has been based on circumstances and training and habits that we have, sometimes it needs to be rewritten. And it's only up to us whether we let isolation let us, make us live in fear and make us live with secrets. The third thing here is think back to the song that she sang. And you can see when she first started out um, that she was kind of, it was almost convincing herself. She had, she had been exposed, but, you know, she says, here I'm in this, this kingdom of isolation, and I'm the queen. She's kind of like, well, I'm the queen? But then as she keeps singing, she's like, yeah, and I'm good, and I don't have to deal with anybody else, and I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to build an ice fortress all around me. She was only talking to herself, building herself up, and you get a little crazy when you only are talking to yourself. My father-in-law has the saying, he says, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't talk back. So, because... Nobody was there to talk back to her and go, you know what? It's probably not a good idea that you just live up here in this ice fortress by yourself. Okay? Nobody was there to tell her that. And we're, um, so the, the third thing, the third point of isolation is it convinces you that you're better off alone. And that is so wrong. You become out of touch with reality. Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Another version says, unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. So when you are by yourself, you lose all sound judgment and all common sense because you're only talking to yourself. 
So um, during my message today, I have a couple little quizzes that I'm going to see how well our Connect family is paying attention to my husband over the years and see if you can fill in some blanks, okay? So the first one is being the Lone Ranger is the Lone Danger. Yes. Okay, this side of the room, you passed. Next quiz, I expect this side of the... No, I'm just kidding. Um, But it is dangerous and hazardous to our health and our mind and our bodies to be all alone. We start thinking crazy things. And the next clip that we're going to see is going to show us that there were a couple other characters in this movie that were... um, had some wacky thinking due to their isolation of their own circumstances, which we won't get into. But they didn't have real friends to help them in life. Let's look at these poor little souls. Summer? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know why, but I've always loved the idea of summer and sun and all things hot. Really? I'm guessing you don't have much experience with heat. Nope. But sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it'd be like when summer does come. <sighs> Bees will buzz, kids will blow dandelion fuzz, and I'll be doing whatever snow does in summer. I drink in my hand, my snow up against the burning sand, probably getting gorgeously tanned in summer. I'll finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm, and find out what happens to solid water when it gets warm. And I can't wait to see what my buddies all think of me. Just imagine how much cooler I'll be in summer. The hot and the cold are both so intense. Put them together, it just makes sense. Winter's a good time to stay in and cuddle, but put me in summer and I'll be a happy snowman. When I finally do what frozen things do in summer. I'm going to tell him. Don't you dare. In summer. <laughs> Sweet little Olaf. Here's another character, Kristoff, that he had some warped thinking. So, uh, about my friends. Well, I, I say friends. They're more like family. Anyway. When I was a kid, it was just me and Sven until they, you know, kind of took us in. They did? Yeah. I don't want to scare you. They can be a little inappropriate. And loud. <laughs> Very loud. They're also stubborn at times and a little overbearing and heavy. I'm really, really heavy, which you'll, but you, you know, you, you'll get it. They're fine. They mean Christoph, well. they sound wonderful. Okay, then. Meet my family. Hey, guys. They're rocks. You are a sight for sore eyes. He's crazy. Hey, whoa. I don't even recognize you. You lost so much weight. I'll distract him while you run. Hi, Sven's family. It's nice to meet you. Because I love you, Anna. I insist you. I understand your love experts. Ooh, why aren't you running? Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna go. No, 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 Anna, wait. What? 
No, I'm, I'm gonna keep my clothes on. Look, it's great to see you all, but where's Grandpappy? He's napping. But look, I grew a mushroom. I earned my fire crystal. I passed a kidney stone. Kristoff, pick me Ooh, up. You're getting big. Good for you. Trolls. They're trolls. So you can see nobody told poor little Olaf that what would happen to him in summer. He was totally isolated, but he had this grand scheme of what he thought summer would be. And then Kristoff, you can see, he was just warped in his thinking. He had trolls for his family, and a reindeer was his best friend. Now, I, I can tell you that I never got to that point in life where I thought, oh, I think a reindeer will be my best friend. But I can tell you that due to different circumstances in my life, I, I started to build up walls. And, you know, when, when you feel betrayed sometimes or you feel like, oh, this relationship is just a little too much work. I don't want to do that. You build up walls. That's normal. Um, but relationships, like I said, is where we grow. And people are able to know us and point out our blind spots and help us in tough situations. And honestly, it's those same friends that I go, oh, you know what? I have reason to celebrate. Let me call somebody and let's just laugh together and have fun together. So those are the reasons that we need people in our lives. And when we live in isolation, we open up ourselves to have a big target on our back for the enemy because he gets in and he gets into your head. As you can see, they, you get a little wacky when you're by yourself. So the thing is, is we need people. God didn't create us to be alone. Um, and we need insight from others. Proverbs 15:22 tells us that we need many advisors, whether that's family or friends or coworkers or loved ones or parents or spouses. Whoa. Spouses, really? Yeah. So Hebrews 3, verses 12 and 13 says, Be careful, brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn, and that word can also mean appeal and encourage or exhort. You must warn each other every day while it's still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. So it's telling us right there that we need other people to encourage us, exhort us, to warn us if they see our hearts getting a little hard and deceived because our heart is the main thing that God needs to be related to. And when you're, when you're in relationship, there's always potential for hurt. But, um, and you may have built up walls, again, because of past hurts or because you've been conditioned by different circumstances. You've been betrayed a time or two. And it only takes a time or two to build up those walls. But I want to say this, just like Samantha was saying this morning in the song that we sang, before, during, and after those, those times of hurt that you felt, you have to know that Jesus Christ said he will never leave us or forsake us. He's the one that will stay true and stay constant. He will stick closer than a brother. And we have to, we have to know that we can't shut him out as well when we're going through those things. We have to, although there might be walls built up, we have to keep our hearts totally open to Jesus Christ to be able to heal our hearts so that we can keep those walls down because the Lord does not want us to live with walls up around our hearts. So now that we've identified the issues with isolation, how do we overcome it? How do we break free from this big ice fortress that we've built to protect ourselves from other people? Um, and how do we get rightly related to God where all the, the fear and the secrecy and the 
mentality of living life alone, how does, it, we, that all needs to melt away. So how do we get there? So this is in your notes, and this is your big idea for the day, is that only an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. And that's the only thing that can break through an ice fortress. You know, when, and we're going to see that um, played out in, in um, a couple of the next clips. But I said earlier that our key principle, if you want to be a friend to God, you have to be a friend to people. That's going to be revealed throughout our message. And our theme text is John, it's in your notes. John 15 verses 13 and 14 says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And what did God tell us, what did God command us to do? Love the Lord your God and love other people. Y'all are very quiet. Did you not want to say it out loud? <laughs> love other people. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but, you know, God wants us to love other people, and we have to be a friend to others if we're going to have that relationship, a right relationship with God. So for all this to really work and to melt the ice, it's important to know how badly we need to show the love of Jesus Christ to other people. And this kind of love can literally change people's lives forever. Forever, We've seen it over and over again in so many people's lives here in this church. We have a very loving church, and the people come in and say, I've never felt so good in my life. Like, people love coming to our church just because when they leave, they feel happy. They feel good. They're like a happy snowman, little Olaf. But, um, but it's because we share the love of Jesus Christ in our church. And that's what, if you're here in this room, you have that same purpose. You're supposed to share the love of Jesus Christ and show love to others. And if we are, um, so, so the, the three acts, we're going to see the three acts that led to Elsa's eventual heart change. And these are the same three acts of love that we need to be able to implement into our lives. Then the first one is to be vulnerable. Luke 21, verses 16 through 19 says, You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Again, not one of those bumper stickers you want to put on your car. <laughs> Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Stand firm. Do what you're supposed to do, even if you've been betrayed. He tells us we'll be betrayed, but we have to stand firm, and that is to continue to show love and to continue to be vulnerable. And vulnerability sometimes is the most difficult, unnatural thing. We don't want to let people in. We have a natural tendency to protect ourselves. But vulnerability, here's your second quiz. Who can answer it? Vulnerability leads to stability. Yes, A plus for all of you. Um, okay, when I hear that, sometimes I go, well, how does how's that work? How does vulnerability lead to stability? But it truly does. It leads to it leads to credibility with people. It leads to people trusting you and you trusting others. And when you have that foundation of relationships in your life that you can trust no matter what, you have a pretty good solid foundation and that leads to stability. Um, vulnerability is basically just a, a willingness to show people what your passions and your fears are or what you what's what makes you happy, what makes you sad. It's just being willing to, um, to show a little bit of yourself. And Elsa's parents did, told, trained her to be anything but vulnerable. And it's not about being a different personality, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, or it's easy for you to be vulnerable or it's not easy. It's not about personality. Um, 
but it's about moments of choosing those, uh, you know, a few select friends to be able to open up for. And I want to paint a picture that what Jesus did for us when he, when he was calling his 12 disciples, if Jesus truly was God and human here on earth, then he knew what was coming ahead of time. So he brought 12 disciples in, one of which he knew before he even called Judas that he would betray him. Yet he still called him in to be his, one of his closest friends. How many of us would dare do that? I mean, like if we knew ahead of time somebody was going to betray us, just, just for even hurt's sake, we'd be like, no, thanks, not going to be a hi, you know, not going to be your friend. But if we're supposed to model after what Jesus did, he called somebody in knowing that his betrayal would even lead to his own death. And he still called him in. That's a little challenging, isn't it? I mean, I think of people that just sometimes make me mad and I, and I you know, I'd like to move on from people that make me mad. But Jesus, I have to follow Jesus Christ's example. So, um, you know, like I said, being able to be vulnerable, Jesus was vulnerable when he called Judas in. He was willing to open himself up knowing what would happen. And there's as I mentioned before, there's always room for a potential for hurt when you have relationships. But we have to be willing to live being vulnerable. In our next clip, Kristoff is taking Anna to his family and the grandpappy to get her help because um, Anna has struck her heart with ice. And so his family misunderstands, Kristoff's family misunderstands what's happening, and they think Kristoff is bringing a special girl home. And so they're going to encourage them that, hey, no matter what's going on, that, you know, even though they have some little flaws and failures, they're still a fixer-upper and you can do this. So take a look at Christoph's family. We're not saying you can change him because people don't really change. We're only saying that love's a force that's powerful and strange. People make bad choices if they're mad or scared or stressed. But that can fix a fixer upper is do you Anna take Kristoff to be your trollfully wedded Wait, what you're getting married <gasps> Anna. she's as cold as ice there is strange magic here grandpappy come come bring her here to me Honor, your life is in danger. There is ice in your heart put there by your sister. If not removed to solid ice, will you freeze forever? What? No. But you can remove it, right? I cannot. I'm sorry, Christoph. If it was a head, that would be easy. But only an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. An act of true love? Grandpappy is wise. Only an act of true love. But during the song, you can see that um, the family is saying, hey, even though they have some things that they might need to work on, or he has some things and she has some things, they're a bit of a fixer-upper. So what? Stay with it. Stay committed. That's point number two. 
an act, some acts of true love is, would be to stay committed. And, you know, true love takes commitment, and people take time. Everybody is a fixer-upper. Everybody has stuff that you need to work on. And if you don't think you're a fixer-upper, then that's what you need to be fixed up on, to take a little play from Derek's little saying there. But um, we all have areas that we need to be fixed up in, and it takes a faithfulness to stay committed to help fix someone up. Proverbs 28.20 says, A faithful person will be richly blessed. If you stay faithful and committed to your friendships, your spouse, loved ones, you will be so richly blessed. It will be so worth it. I know that, um, you know, in times where I've had struggles in friendships or whatever, and you work through them and you come out on the other side, you're so much stronger. You have to stay in the ring. And it's just, sometimes it's just easier to say, oh, it's just easier not to be friends with them. I'll be nice, but I don't really want to be friends with them because it takes so much work. That's where you grow. That's where you get better. And just Thursday night, my son and I were going on a date out to his basketball game, and um, he was saying, he goes, you know, Mom, it's so sad to me how many people in our generation are just so willing to quit on relationships when the going gets tough. And I was like, that's not just your, your generation. That's humans, you know. And he said, I'm so glad that you taught us to never quit. Even when we wanted to, you'd say, fries don't quit. And we don't. You've got to stay in the ring. I mean, there were plenty of times in our marriage where we wanted to both. One of us wanted to quit. The other one wanted to quit. But we stayed in the ring. You have to, have, you have to be committed and stay faithful to that commitment um, to be able to grow. And we are stronger. My husband and I are stronger on every level because we stayed and we worked through it. And that's how every relationship works if, you're, if you stay committed. In, in this um, final clip, we're going to see the links that Anna was willing to go to to reach her sister's heart. To, to reach her sister's heart, and it was even torturous for her at, at some points. Crystal! Your sister? She returned from the mountain weak and cold. She said that you froze her heart. I tried to save her, but it was too late. Her skin was ice, her hair turned white. Your sister is dead because of you.
heart. Love will thaw. Love. Of course. Elsa. Love. <gasps> so Anna was willing to sacrifice her very life for a sister that had given her nothing in return. Only heartache and betrayal and hurt. But she was willing to do that. The third act of love is to sacrifice yourself. 1 John 3:16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We're often not willing to do that, to live vulnerably, to stay committed and to sacrifice our, ourselves to the point of death, much less hurt and heartache. But don't you know that if, if this movie continued right here or if there was a Frozen 2, a sequel, you would see that there would be a much stronger, deeper relationship between Anna and Elsa because they stayed together. The bond would be stronger. And the point is, is our closing thought, to love like Anna, you have to receive love like that. 1 John 4, 8 says, we love because he first loved us. And only, a true act, only, only an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. And that act was already done for you. God the Father sent his son, he loved us so much. Jesus stayed vulnerable when he was naked and being beaten and spat on when he died on the cross. He stayed committed to his Father's will even when he knew what he had to go through. And thirdly, he sacrificed for us so that he could ultimately show us how much he loves us with a love that we can hardly understand. He, he sacrificed everything, honor and deity, just to show us how much he loves us. And since he did that for me, I wanna be able to show other people. I want my acts of love to be able to point to Jesus' love for other people so that they can see that they're truly loved that much. And if he did it for me, he would do it for you. He did do it for you. And as we conclude today, I, I, wanna, I want you to leave here on a happy and on a high, and we are going to because we have some frozen treats for you out there and some roses and special treats for some moms. But before we go, I want, I want to just let the Holy Spirit be able to speak to you about what you, what you are getting out of this message today, what he wants you to do. So you can put your notes away and stand up with me. And um, again, let's just ask the Lord to search our hearts, whether there be any offensive way in us or any ice maybe in our hearts. Are you living in isolation? Have you listened to this message and said, eh, that's, that's not really for me. That's not my personality. I'm not, I'm not good at that. 
Or have you listened and said, okay, how can I get better at this? I asked, I've asked the Lord to put his finger on your heart and on your head and on your mind for you to be able to see what he wants you to do. Some of us may be living in fear, maybe keeping secrets. Maybe you've determined that you're better off alone. That's not how God wants us to live. Will you let that go today? Just let it go. Let that paradigm go because that's not how he wants us to live. And if you're here today and you want to be free from that and you want to get past maybe the, the fear of being exposed or, or shame even, some people you know, can't get past um, the shame of things that have happened to them to be able to reach out or to help somebody else. Maybe you want to just be able to, to have a little bit of you know, thawing of your heart. I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to... Um, I'm going to pray with a couple of different people. I want you to give your neighbor an opportunity to just have a moment with the Lord. So if you'll close your eyes. And if you're here today and you, you want to get better, you have some walls built up around your heart and you want to get rid of those walls so that you can live vulnerably to be able to receive the love that God gives us and then be able to, in turn, give it. Freely we have received, freely we need to give. So if that's you today and you want help in this situation and help in this area, I'm going to pray for you. I just want you to raise your hand and let me know so that I can pray for you. Thank you. Hands all over the room. Just people being willing to be vulnerable. And that's the first act, first step, is to be vulnerable. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I just ask that you would touch each one of these people that were willing to be vulnerable before you. They're willing to admit that they have some walls up, that they've been hurt, that they've they are living to a degree in some isolation. And Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would just go in and do the work in their heart. Let their heart thaw out, Lord Jesus, from um, heal their heart from wounds that they've experienced or experiences that they've had in the past that haven't been positive. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would just touch their hearts and let them be, um, let their heart thaw out, Lord Jesus, with your love. You loved us so much. I pray that you would make it clear to them how much you love them so that they can in turn give that out in Jesus' name. And just keep your eyes closed. And I want to ask for those people, you may be here and, um, and you've never asked the Lord to even be in your heart. And you, you, you want a new heart. You want him to be the Lord on your heart. You want him to be the king of, of your heart and your life. And there may be some who um, you... You know, you have a stony heart. The Bible says that even if you have a stony heart, he, will, he can give you a new one. So I want, I want you to raise your hand if you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you want to do that right now so that he, you can have a new heart, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Is there anybody? Yeah, I see you. I see you too. Thank you. Back there, thank you. That's the most important decision you'll make. And the Bible says that angels rejoice when somebody gives their heart to Christ. So I want to pray for you and Connect family. If you'll just join me in this prayer that, um, so that we can rejoice with our new brothers and sisters in Christ. Dear Lord, I know I need you. And I thank you for the love that you gave me and that you showed me when you died for me. I need you in my life and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to sit on the throne in my heart and I call you my savior in Jesus' name. And you know what? 
Lord, I, I just am so thankful for a, a connect family, our, our church body here that, that exudes love to everyone that they meet. I'm thankful for this church, Lord Jesus, and I'm thankful for these few brothers and sisters in Christ who have a new heart, who've asked you to come and be the Lord of their life. And Lord, I ask that you would bless them today as they go out. And I pray that you would bless all the mothers today, that they would feel special. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the work that you've done in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's just give the Lord a hand for those.